You're listening to The Q's Podcast, episode 88. Today, we're going to explore the importance of CX, also known as customer experience. First, we'll see how the experience your members have with your credit union, both now during a crisis and every day, should be quite similar. Then we'll dive deep into what CX is, what credit unions do well when it comes to delivering a good customer experience to both members and potential members, and what additional best practices most credit unions would benefit from following. My name is Lisa Hograff, Senior Editor for Cues and our Credit Union Management Magazine. Thank you for making this show part of your day. We use this forum to speak with credit union industry leaders and cross-industry experts for a wide range of perspectives on trends and topics relevant to you. Today's guests are Jeff Hassemer and Carrie Stapp. Both are from Q Supplier member Harlan Clark, headquartered in San Antonio, Texas. Many thanks to Harlan Clark for sponsoring our show today. Jeff is Senior Vice President of Marketing at Harlan Clark, and Carrie is Senior Vice President of Product Management. Later on, they'll tell you more about what they do in their roles and a lot more about CX. Let's get started. Welcome to the show, Jeff and Carrie. I'm excited to have a conversation today about why a member-centric culture is a credit union's key brand differentiator. To help our audience get to know you a little bit, would each of you take a moment to tell us your title and describe how your key responsibilities in your work for Harlan Clark connect to helping credit unions build a member-centric culture? Sure. This is Jeff Hasmer. I'm the Senior Vice President of Corporate Marketing for Harlan Clark. My team's job is really about helping to pull together all of the the smart people in Harlan Clark and and pull their voice out into the market to help educate credit unions on how to best interact with their with their members and and how Harlan Clark can help you create an excellent member experience culture. Super. Thank you, Jeff. And what about you, Carrie? I'm Carrie Stapp. I'm Senior Vice President of Product Management for the Marketing Services Division of Harlan Clark. And my team is responsible for managing all of the products that that we offer the financial institutions around acquisition, customer experience products, all of the different managed marketing services that we help our financial institutions with every day. We are also responsible for the development um, of products and uh, evolution of those products, obviously, um, that, you know, move and ebb and flow as the industry changes. And so my team is um, filled with industry experts in the financial services space that understand the economy and that understand how that, how, you know, all things in in the world affect the world of financial services and, and what we need to do to adapt in order to help our clients. Thank you both. It's great to have you on the show. Now, when we planned this conversation, we were all operating in more normal times. Credit union operations have been turned upside down lately as they work hard to safely and effectively serve members in these times of coronavirus. How would you say having a member-centric culture in a time of crisis compares to having a member-centric culture in more ordinary times? You know, I think that... It's interesting, and, and you know, we were talking before we you know, started the show about how a week or two weeks of time has you know completely um, changed 
the universe and the perception of where we all are today, both personally and professionally and, and on this topic and adapting this topic to, you know, the current events, you know, I, I would tell you it's, it's probably the most important time and demonstrating real evidence of how a customer centric culture or member centric culture is really so important in this time and in this space. And what I mean by that is not just are we friendly and do we have the right technology, uh, but are we really, are we really set up as an industry to help our members and to help our communities adapt in these times of uncertainty and to be able to do as much of their business as usual during times of crisis and during times of uncertainty. And so I think from a credit union's perspective, really adapting the customer experience and understanding where you are today um, is is. is a key differentiator in if we really can easily adapt as an industry to serving our customers in times of a pandemic or in times of a crisis or what have you, then then it's it's greater evidence that we actually are customer centric and not just talking about being customer centric. Yeah, I would, just to add to that too, you know, if we define being member centric as one being always on, two staying on top of your your members' minds. And three, delivering a positive, personalized experience everywhere, every time. In a sense, the the thing that changes in a crisis like this is the message, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, it's not necessarily about how you contact them or what what you say or you know what apps you use or things like that. It really is about you being able to understand what the mindset of the member is right now and delivering the right message to them and the right story that needs to be told at that point, right? Yes. So right now, so in a time of of crisis, you don't necessarily need to segment your group. We're all experiencing the same life event right now. So your message can be more universal at this point about how you're there for your members, how you're supporting them through through times. But in a normal time, you you your segmentation might become a little bit more tight and talk about, you know, a different story to tell your members who are who are through a different life event, like one that's getting a, a new home, one that's starting a family, one that's retiring, all needs a different story. But the main message is that the credit union is there for their members. So the message doesn't change. Thank you so much, both of you, for your insight into member-centric culture in crisis and in ordinary times. Let's talk now a little bit more about how Harlan Clark approaches customer experience. Sure. The way that we approach customer experience, we actually would have a a three-pronged approach. We're really about using data-driven techniques to understand the customer and help deploy that type of information in an omni-channel way using technology to help our credit unions and our clients speak to their members in a way that's relevant and meaningful. Do you have anything to add to that, Carrie? I think, um, you know, the holistic 
strategy where we're starting from is a holistic strategy starting with the consumer and looking at that consumer-based behavior even before they ever become members. And so we have expanded our knowledge base to not just be about the account opening experience or, you know, that moment of acquisition and capturing them and moving them into account opening, but really breaking it down and looking at the consumer itself and and bringing that holistic view into the picture and what it means for customer experience on the whole. So I have some notes here that you look at a customer's very first interaction with the brand and how to address that. Are there some examples you could give of what a first interaction might look like? Yeah, so there's there's a lot, right? When you start to think about the consumer themselves and how they go about their day, and it's this it is hard, you know, for for those that work in the financial industry or any industry for that matter, when you know your industry so intimately to step out of that world and become the consumer as if you're not already ingrained and, and know exactly what to do. And so when we look at, you know, what what is that first interaction with your brand? That could be, I'm just searching for mortgage rates. I'm just searching for auto loans. And how quickly am I able to be found in that space as a credit union? And, and once that I'm found, once the consumer is able to find me, how easy is it for them to find the information that they were originally searching for? We're dealing with, you know, a very intellectual consumer today, one with high expectations in the world of Amazon and, and, you know, Google and all of these other things where information's at my fingertips and it's intuitive. And so, you know, me as the consumer, first interaction, if, even if I'm just searching, I may not be searching for a specific credit union. I'm searching for my need. What is my need? And me as the credit union, now I pop up and now how easy is it for me to get the information? Is that a good or bad experience? Do I have to dig, you know, three levels into your website to find where your mortgage rates are? Or do I have to have all of this information at my fingertips in order to get the account opened if I'm ready to do that right then and there? And have you appropriately communicated that to me so I can get it gathered up and I'm not, you know, kind of running all over the place? And so that's an example of a first interaction. When I'm first looking for a service and and my we've done a great job from an advertising perspective at getting out in that brand, but, you know, how, how are we able to capitalize on that and think about it from a consumer perspective? I think that's one. And I think, you know, review understanding what your consumer base is, how you're reviewed, and people are looking at you out in the cyber world and really understanding what are they going to read about us, what is what is true. I mean, it's not about, you know, hiding or erasing those things. It's about getting to the core of, you know, anything that may prohibit someone from seeing you in those in that positive light. You know, so many people make decisions today based off of reviews, and I'm I'm one of those people. What are they saying about this brand? What are they saying about this experience? Was it good or bad? Everything from you know Airbnbs to airlines to you know buying electronics. You know, people are are looking for others' opinions on the matter, and you know, so those are those are examples of first interactions and what is your brand presence in that space. Super examples, Carrie. Thank you very much. You know, as an industry editor, I read a lot. I read every day about what's going on. And there certainly is a lot of buzz about customer experience right now. Why would you say that's the case? I think we're we're entering into a world right now where customer experience is really your only true differentiator. You can try and compete on products and services, although 
I think it's very difficult in the financial services industry to do that. Most of that becomes fairly commoditized. There's only so much free checking or toasters that you can give away to get people in the door, right? So there's your product differentiation is kind of gone. We're also facing an unprecedented amount of competition in financial services. So not only are we getting competition from, you know, in, in a loan world, the mortgage lenders or the auto lenders or, or things like that, but we also have just as much competition coming in from the technology organizations and these new fintech startups that are coming through. And so the only way to stave that off is to have a uniquely strong customer experience to your members and make sure that relationship that you've built with them withstands that test of all these other organizations trying to come in and steal them away from you. I think another point on that is, yeah, in addition to what Jeff said, which is absolutely so true, there are other industries that are setting the bar that whether we like it or not in the financial services space is equating to the expectation that the consumer has. And so, again, you know, you can mention companies like Amazon or or whoever where, you know, they've now set the bar on what's possible. And that's just what the consumer expects now. Like, why are we not getting it right? I would say if, if there's a credit union out there that's looking for examples of what's going to happen in financial services, there's plenty of them out there. You've got travel. You've got you've got the retail industry. But retail is probably the one I point to the most because I've done work with financial institutions and retail banks and credit unions. I've also done work with major retailers over the last two decades. And what we saw happen in retail was those organizations that did not focus on customer service. You had two choices. You could you could focus on price or you could focus on a customer experience. And those that didn't do either, that just kind of played in the middle, are the ones that have faded away. Sears, JCPenney is a shell of what it used to be. You know, Target. Target made the shift late to get to customer service, but now if you look at the story of Target, it's actually come back in droves because they've created a unique customer experience for Target shoppers. But the other shining examples of great customer experience that stayed the test of price, Nordstrom's is a perfect example of that. Nordstrom's is building new flagship stores in New York City while the mainstays of New York are actually walking away, like Barney's shut down and others at that time. And it's because they've created that beautiful, unique customer experience that was solely theirs that garnered a loyal member base there, right? Credit unions need to do the exact same thing here. And I and I think the credit unions actually have an advantage over a lot of major retail banks in that sense because they can be more personal. They can show themselves as a brand that stands up for their members and in a way that a large financial institution just can't. So let's translate that a little further. What does customer experience really mean for credit unions and their members? So we're beyond the first interaction with someone that might join to really working with members on a day-to-day basis. I think one thing one thing that's for sure, I, I don't want to group all credit unions together, but in my experience with a number of credit unions, they're a little bit behind on the technology side. So there's definitely an expectation, as, as Carrie laid out, that the technology is there. You have a mobile banking app that has a complete set of services. You've got an online banking app that has a complete set of services. And anything that you can do in person, you can do on one of those two types of environments. And and what we're seeing today is those companies who've been able to invest in those types of things are leading the way in new account acquisition and things like that, 
right? So the first thing is actually have the technology there. But I think where a credit union can extend from that, we've spent the last decade putting in technology as a proxy for customer experience. And what we forgot to do so many times is actually put the customer first in that environment and let the technology help manage the customer experience that you want to give instead of stand in the way of the customer experience that you want to give. And there's plenty of examples of, you know, a mobile app, for example, that doesn't maybe do mobile deposits or can't transfer balances between accounts or can't transfer money from one account to an external type of thing. Like those types of things have to be there. If you're being customer centric, you're putting, you're putting your, your member first and you're, and you're understanding what their needs are. And then you build the technology to meet those needs, not the other way around. Carrie, do you want to add to that? Yeah, I think that Jeff's so, so right on, on that comment that I think that the industry has been, the entire financial services industry has been so focused on upgrading the technology because it's been, you know, antiquated or lacking. And so it's, it's really been really heavily focused on just getting that technology in place. And today it's just so much more than that. And so, you know, some other good examples of that are, oh yeah, we have online account opening, but that online application isn't mobile optimized. And so being able to understand how your consumers are interacting with you. Um, again, this goes truly back to customer-centric approach, you know, and what, what does that actually mean? It means under, actually understanding how your consumer is going to interact with you and getting the experience right and easy for the way that the consumer is going to want it across all of those channels. I've told the story before about, you know, my former time in the financial services space, and we were doing such a great job of marketing our um, online mortgage capabilities and you know we were doing all the right things doing all the social media and the SEO and the SEM and all the things that we needed to do and we had all of these at back but we didn't mobile optimize our application and so what we had was like an 85% abandon rate and we didn't have that connected experience was the technology there technically yes they could open the account online. Was I doing the marketing? Yes, I was. But the experience from the consumer's perspective wasn't connected. And so what's happened in the industry has really been such great intention, but slightly disjointed. And so we've got the technology people, the channel people going out and making sure that the applications are set up and they're building it so it works and it's got to connect to the operations people and, and all the fundamentals and the mechanics work. And then separately, you have the marketing teams or the experience teams working on, you know, does it look pretty? Are we using the right words? But that connector between all of those groups of saying, I'm now going to become the consumer and walk through that whole space. And does this make sense? If I don't know what I know, does any of this make sense? You know, that's really an important point where I would say, you know, that's what it really means is it's beyond that point of just account opening number one, but is it, is it a connected experience and a logical experience from a consumer perspective. My favorite story that you tell is the one when you were trying to pay off your home equity line of credit mm-hmm. and it wouldn't pay it all the way down. And yes. so you went to your own people and they were giving you excuses as to why. Yes. I, I actually have this happening for me right now, Jeff, as well <laughs> um, with my current financial institution where I'm trying to pay my home equity off to zero and how difficult this is to do because before the payment actually gets made, the interest gets accrued back. And so you're always owing like 
$2, $5, $10. And when I was you know, still in the financial services space directly, you know, working in, in that arena, yeah, I was talking to our, our owner of that channel and said, why, why can I not pay this off? And, and they gave me all of the logical explanation and me as an employee of that institution got it. Like I understand. Oh yeah, I understand because by the time that it processes in the online banking space and then it transfers and then the payments actually made, two or three days have gone by and the system is still accruing. And so the way it makes total sense. However, the consumer doesn't care. Why can I not pay something off online? How do I actually get this thing paid off in a timely way? And that's, it is, Jeff, it's a great example. Thank you for bringing that up. That it's, it's such a great example of we can explain it and we know why it works that way. But if you have to explain something like that to the consumer, likely you need to be looking at yourself and going, that really doesn't make sense. And we need to find a way to get around it. Even if it's not, we've got to adopt a technology that fixes the problem. It may be that we change a process that says, hey, if they've, if they've, you know, made a big payment and it's, you know, down to $2, just go ahead and clear it out and, and send them a notice that says, you know, we've paid off your, you know, your home equity is paid down to zero or what have you. Um, it's, it's finding creative ways that give that good customer experience and not putting the troubles on, on the consumer. That is a great story. Thank you for sharing that. And I'd like to talk more about that bridge. So you were talking about all the systems that are working and the marketing that is working and it's all working, but it may not fully tap the customer. It may not fully make that experience what it could be. What are some steps that credit unions can take to develop a true outstanding customer experience? Well, I I think that they need to have um a designated central ownership of that of that customer experience that is unbiased and tied to the actual customer experience and so that group that person that department whatever it is is assigned to be that unbiased group that says what does this look like from the consumer's perspective? And if that's focus groups, if that's, you know, however it is that you're testing it, you know, there's there's a million ways to make that happen. Because if you don't have that view, right, the experience that I that I just shared in my story becomes completely logical. Every individual department is there for a function and they should be there for that function, right? That channel team or the operations team or whoever it is, they are doing exactly what what they should be doing, which is making all of this work behind the scenes. But but they're not always assigned to the entire experience. Like I said, from from first interaction of I'm searching for you all the way through to I've been acquired, now I'm an account opening, to I've opened the account, now what? How do I know what to do with everything that I've just opened? How, how do I know when my debit card's going to arrive? How do I know if my card is activated? How do I use all the features and functionalities inside my online banking? And so having a team, I think this is really important in today's industry, having Having a central point of view from the consumer is is so important and not leaving that a disjointed movement from one department to the other and only looking at it, does it operationally work? By the way, that's super important. Don't, so I'm, I'm not putting that piece of it, you know, on the side, but overlaying it with, okay, now I walk through as the consumer and here's where I see the gaps. That's, that's one thing I think they can do. I think they can also measure the voice of their customer and measure that experience along the way. How do we embed things like, um, you know, quick, 
surveys or, or sentiment capture along this process and where you can see the ebbs and flows in the customer experience. Hey, you know, we got a little bit of a lower rating when we got to this point in the consumer journey. And so there's something we need to do in there where, what the consumer's perception is. Jeff, do you have other, other things to add there? I think that was a pretty complete answer. The only thing I would add is, you know, whomever owns that member experience, don't take no for an answer. You know, the member should always come first. And, and while there's operational concerns or there's always something that'll come up where we can't, that where the technology will say we can't do that because, because is never relevant when it, when it's in the eyes of the consumer. They don't care. They want the right experience for them at whatever point. So put the member first and make sure that you guys can, you know, write, in other words, write down that $2 um, interest charge. And instead of making that charge occur over and over again, and look at all of the nooks and crannies of that customer experience as you plan those things out. Great stuff, guys. So how can credit unions who get into this know where they are and define where they want to go with the member experiences they're delivering? Well, I think the number one thing to do is listen. You know, I think it's important to hear your consumers by asking them the question. Ask them, you know, you you can survey them at multiple points, but you can also look at the way that they behave um, because their behavior is going to tell you more than any survey ever will about who they are. And don't forget to listen to social media either because today's consumer and I don't care it's not an age thing anymore today's consumer if they're unhappy or have a question is going to use social media to pull that together so you have to monitor that and you have to respond authentically from those scenarios as well I'm chuckling over here because the last time I had a bad airline experience I did in fact post something to social media people really do it I think Jeff's right on. Uh, yeah, it's it's understanding how and where the consumer is communicating and and how do you bring all of that information together um, and decipher it is you know it's 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 really important. So you guys are working with credit unions on this all the time. In your experience talking with them and looking at what they're doing, how well are they really optimizing the member experience right now? Well, I think within the industry, it's going to vary uh, widely throughout the environment. I I do think, just at a, and speaking in a bit of general terms, I think that credit unions, um, technology-wise, are a little bit behind retail banks, especially the larger ones, in terms of offering a full suite of the technology products that are fully usable for their for their end client. I think the user experience in those apps tends to be uh, less seamless than than a larger institution does. But there should be third-party providers that should be able to help you through those types of things and really think about those user experiences for you. But on the other hand, what I love about my credit union is that they're, they're not always trying to sell me. Um, they're often just giving me good information about what I need to be thinking about on a regular basis. And, and my credit union actually sends out a, a monthly email to me that is talking about things like what's in the current environment and what should I be thinking about in my future. And I actually consume that um, where I don't for my larger, my larger bank, banking institution, banking relationship. So in that sense, they're doing very well, giving me relevant information and, and really – caring about me as a member, which makes me stick with them and, and be loyal. 
but the other sense is I've moved a lot of my transactions away because they're harder to do because the technology isn't there. Carrie, do you want to add to that one or? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with Jeff. I think, you know, an area of improvement from, from a credit union's perspective, and we're seeing, you know, a lot of credit unions really stepping to the plate and doing this. They've, they've got the mindset right and then they're in such a, a better position um from truly being um member or consumer centric um and and you know being able to do the right thing at the right time and and really focused on that um i i ag- agree with jeff that it's it's more of a technology problem or or maybe a cultural problem in in terms of what the expectation is from the consumer versus what our capabilities are. Um, and so maybe that's, you know, an area of improvement where, you know, really getting urgent about um, what is the expectation of the consumer and, you know, not just financial services, but, you know, across all industries and where they are. And, um, you know, not relying on the fact that, well, we're just, you know, the lo- we're the local credit union, um, because that's, that's going to be good for a while, but new generations coming up, it won't be enough. And so the urgency behind that to really say, I've got to get this good end-to-end experience is very urgent right now. So we're talking a lot about the technology problem, the culture problem that's behind this. I'd like to dive a little deeper into the staffing of this. What kinds of training might credit union people that are helping to deliver the customer experience know in order to deliver that experience better? You know, I'm not sure. I, I, I really think I've been thinking a lot about this problem over time. I think the number one thing that organizations could use is empathy. We spend a lot of time, and this is a very difficult skill to pull together, but we spend a lot of time when we design customer experiences thinking about ourselves and how that optimizes from an organization. And I think every organization is guilty of this. I know Harlan Clark is. Um, but what we forget sometimes is how does the consumer actually go through that? And being able to empathize with people who aren't us um, and being able to pull that together is is a very difficult skill that shouldn't be underestimated. So the the number one thing I think you really need to think about is is just how do you how do you train empathy into your interactions, but also into your design of how your consumers are are going to interact with you. It's easier said than done. I'll say that. Empathy is a big thing. I think uh, parents everywhere are trying to teach their children. And look, we're still working with grownups in the workplace on it, too. Carrie, do you want to add more to that thought about what training yeah. might help serve the customer experience? Yeah. Um, you know, and this would probably not be necessarily a you know corporate-wide training for an organization, but rather a skill set that's, you know, required on the team somewhere is, you know, really data and analysis and the ability to look at all of this consumer sentiment and looking at, you know, different behaviors and really understanding what is driving decision making and what what is responsible for your positives and your negatives, um, those things that are favorable, those things that are unfavorable. And I think that this is, you know, from a marketing perspective and the customer experience perspective, a little bit of a of a newer um, um, skill set that that a lot of teams 
um, haven't focused on quite so much. They have tons of analysis when it comes to yield curves and rate environments and, um, you know, all of the things going on with the economy. But, you know, true data science around consumer behavior. And, and again, I don't know that this is something they necessarily have to have on staff, but but reliability on, you know, partnering with, with organizations that, you know, know this stuff and understand it. Um, I think is is a a key skill set in today's universe that is needed and required in order to be successful. I'm glad you're bringing up the idea of measurement, Carrie, because I'd like to learn more about how credit unions can measure the return on their investment in trying to deliver a great customer experience. How can they do that? Well, I think there's there's long-term and short-term metrics that you need to be looking at to make sure that this is all working together. The long-term is obviously customer lifetime value and and how how strong that's going on. Kind of a semi-long-term middle-range number is to look at, I think a lot of people overlook active accounts. And we, we define active accounts as, as one who's, who's getting more than you know, six to ten transactions per month, whether that's direct deposit, inbound, outbound interactions with the with payments or debit card transactions or things like that. A lot of people will forget, you know, they'll think is the account open, is the account closed for to measure attrition, but the hidden attrition comes in with the account becoming dormant. And that's a, that's something that people aren't really paying attention to. I haven't seen a lot of financial institutions pay attention to that metric. And then down to the customer service metrics of, you know, would they recommend you to their friends and family. What was your experience on this transaction type of thing? Are they responding? Are they engaging with your content? Are they opening your emails? Are they, you know, how often do they get into the the website and things like that are all metrics to be looking at in the short term as well. Carrie, you have anything to add to that? No, I think that's exactly right. I think that finding those leading indicators right now is is so important in the I'm going to get a head game um, and not always be a lagger um, in in the industry. And what are those important leading indicators? And you know, Jeff just laid them out really well because that's that's really where we're at now from an industry perspective. Is not just capturing them at the moment, but anticipating and communicating with the anticipation in mind. And so, you know, those leading indicators are just crucial. I'm sorry, I did forget one metric, and that would, that would be your cross-sell capability. So how many accounts does does a household have? Do they have both a deposit account and a loan account? You know, that's another midterm type of metric that you want to be taking a look at as well, because that's, that's one that kind of shows you how engaged they are with the, with the credit union themselves, too. Very good. Now, what do you two think is the future of CX? Where is all of this buzz leading? I think personalization is probably the biggest name of the game right now and true true dynamic messaging. And so when we talk about personalization, it's more than, you know, a a, a field map into welcome carry type of thing. You know, truly dynamic messaging where what I receive, you know, Jeff and I are in the same place in our consumer journey. We both, you know, found the credit union and we've been uh, open the account and now what, right? You know, just lumping everybody into online banking or lumping everybody into, you know, debit cards because that's what's most logical for the FI. I think that today that's, that's even a high bar because it's, it, these aren't easy things to do, but truly getting to personalized 
dynamic messages. And so when I what I mean by dynamic is yesterday I did an activity like activated my debit card, or I used my uh, my debit card. I don't want to get a message two days from now because it's in the timing and cadence of the communication that you set up that says the importance of activating your debit card. I think that the tolerance for that kind of thing is really decreasing and the expectation of why would my financial institution not know that I did that two days ago. Again, back to, you know, conversation that we were having earlier. Uh, well, if FI can explain it all day long, you know, of why and the timing and, you know, systems coming together and batch files and, you know, all of the reasons why. But again, it's putting ourselves in a situation of if we have to explain that to the consumer, we need to take a look at it. And so I think, you know, explaining what dynamic messaging truly means, I think that's that's definitely where it's going. Yeah, I would just I would just add to this as a point of clarification to the question. Right. This is actually not the future because the customer expectation is there that you're that personalized today. But it it is the future in the sense that most credit unions aren't capable of doing the level of personalization using demographic, behavioral, psychographic, transactional data to bring in those true brand inspiring moments that that keep your members engaged. And what you're doing. So in that sense, that's exactly where it's going. But the expectation is today. I totally agree with you, Jeff. Totally agree with you. So start planting the trees. Now, that's a quote I might use in the lead for the show notes. (laughs) Jeff and Carrie, is there anything we didn't talk about already today that you'd like to add to our conversation? The, The point that we were just making is that the expectation is already there by your members to be personalized, to know who they are, and be able to react there. It's part of why people are, are, are members of credit unions as well. You know, they're there because they want a more personalized interaction. So you have to be able to do that consistently and in a coordinated fashion across all of your interaction channels with that consumer to truly know them and truly make them feel like they're they're part of that credit union. I think the only other thing that I would add would be, um, you know, tying it back to the current state of affairs that the, the time for all of this and this type of evaluation of how easy is it for us to communicate whatever the message is that needs to be communicated urgently and in a way that, you know, helps the consumer is is now. And so, you know, I'm going to use generic terms like, you know, now's the time to double down or not pull back. And, you know, I, I've been in the industry long enough to know that that's, of course, easier easier said than done when we're dealing with real hardships and and the realities of of what's really going on. But I do think that this is an excellent time for reflection of you know how easy was it for us to adapt our messaging and get it to the consumer in the right way at the right time and and in a consumer centric way and where where were our downfalls and and utilizing all of that for the good and the long term you know finding some you know positives amongst all of this i think it, it right now is actually a a really unique time to do that and to get really set up for the future Wonderful, you guys. Thank you very much for being with us today, Jeff and Carrie. Thank you. You really enjoyed it. I want to thank you for making this show a regular part of your professional development. Many thanks also to Harlan Clark for sponsoring this episode and to Jeff and Carrie for being our guests. You can find Harlan Clark on the web at H-A-R-L-A-N-D-C-L-A-R-K-E.com. The Q's podcast continues to grow and develop because of people like you. 
dedicated credit union professionals who make learning and developing part of your everyday habit. And thanks to companies and professionals like Harlan Clark and Jeff and Carrie, who share their time, expertise, and resources. Speaking of resources, you can get updates on Q's events affected by the pandemic at cues.org slash coronavirus hyphen update. On that same page, you can link to the Q's content and tools for making it through these uncertain times. You can get even more credit union specific content when you visit cumanagement.com, and I encourage you to do so. It's on-demand professional development for you and your team at its very finest. That's cumanagement.com. Finally, if you're a Q's member, you have access to invaluable membership benefits to further enhance your development, many of which are available virtually. Visit cues.org slash membership to learn more about your benefits. If you want to reach out to us about this show, please email us at podcast at cues.org. Thanks again for listening today. Cues is an international credit union association. Our mission is to educate and develop credit union CEOs, executives, directors, and future leaders. To learn how Cues can help you realize your potential, visit cues.org today.